So do you hear about the rabbi who got in trouble for delivering his sermon using an iPod, uh, an iPad instead of a traditional Bible? His defense was simple. Moses delivered the Ten Commandments using two tablets. Occasionally, occasionally, you know, we, yeah. But like it or not, we are a product of our culture. And the American culture is at war with God's culture. The American culture is filled with idols. God's culture is holy and righteous. Spiritual warfare is understanding and praying that our prayers will overcome Hasatan, who is in this world, so that we can change the culture in our country, change the culture in Israel. We need to be praying. We need to pray that God's holiness will infiltrate our country and bring us a culture that magnifies Him. When the people of Israel came out of Egypt, God had to change their culture. 400 years in Egypt, their culture was all about slavery and bondage. And, and their mentality, they had little hope. They had lots of fear. And faith, yeah, they had faith, but it changed every time. Something either, if when there was a struggle, they had low faith. And when there was a, a miracle, they had high faith. But that's not, that's not for us. We need to see that we have to have faith at all times. We've got to be people who are willing to try and change this culture. God gave the Israelites rules and they tried to be obedient. So when it came time to building the tabernacle, and thank you, Dolly, for whatever you said about the tabernacle. I guess she's out with the teens. But at any rate, she had mentioned, and I thought, oh, she must be looking at my notes. Um, so when it came time to building this tabernacle, God was extremely exacting on how to build this physical tabernacle. Now, this is from this week's parasha, which you can see up here. Uh, Truma, um, which means uh, offering. And you can see we're going to start actually with Exodus 25, 1. And as we read this, let's try and understand what God is telling us. Adonai spoke to Moses saying, tell B'nai Yisrael to take up an offering for me. So we are to take up an offering for God, which we do, obviously, every week. And God does not need our money. He does not need our offering, regardless of what it is. But he wants us to build our character by giving something that is important to us away. And that strengthens us, and it builds our character. It gives us a, an understanding of his economy, which is that we are to give. We are to be givers. And, from, and so the, verse 2 of Exodus 25, from anyone whose heart compels him, you are to take my offering. 
Now, God is looking for a heart that wants to give the offering. God does not want to compel, and we are not into compelling. We're not into long stories about offerings and stuff. We, it, it's just what we do because we follow God's word. It's, it's that simple. And God doesn't want us to feel like guilty so that we have to give money. And he doesn't want us to feel like that there is uh, an expectation. What he wants is our heart. And so our desire should be to, to just love him, and that's part of loving him. So then we're going to switch down to verse 8. And it says here, have them make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. Whenever you hear the word sanctuary, which is probably uh, why people sometimes object that our kids are running back and forth in the sanctuary, and because the sanctuary is to be that holy place. It means set apart, mikdash, uh, which is, is, is about... The, Whenever you hear holy, it means set apart. We're set apart from sin. We're set apart from, well, the, the Shabbat, the Saturday, the Shabbat is set aside, set, set apart for God from the rest of the week. So holiness is all about being set apart. We are to be a light to the world. We are to be set apart. We're to be different because of the light that is in us. And so, sanctuary, as I said, is mikdash, and it comes from the root kadash, which means to sanctify or prepare, dedicate. You can see the others, and obviously, to be set apart. Let's look at Exodus 25.9. You are to make it all precisely. <laughs> So God is not looking for it. He's looking for it precisely according to everything that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the furnishings within. Just so you must make it. And we see that when we see the word tabernacle, this is a dwelling place and, or mishkan. And this dwelling place obviously is for the Lord. So the tabernacle's design starts with the outer court, and the outer court is, is really that separation for us between profane, the sin that's out in the world, and, and us beginning to come into uh, God's presence. And we realize that as we get closer and closer, we get uh, to the Holy of Holies, which the people never was able to go to. It was the job of the high priest at Yom Kippur. But the principle that God is giving us from these few verses is that giving is a key principle, and we are to give to do God's work, whether it's building up a building or building up God's house. Because God's house is a place where his divine presence is. Now, we realize that this was how, the, how God set it up for the Israelites, 
But we're going to look at, in a moment, how he set it up for us now and, and where the differences are. Secondly, it's, it was a place where sacrificial duties were performed, the offering, lighting of the menorah, burning of the incense, and a place where God would communicate to the people, but communicate through Moses and through the high priest. We always, as a people, always had somebody to go through to get to God. And in a sense... That hasn't changed because we have Yeshua who leads us to the Father. So um, in that sense, he's our high priest. But this was a new culture for the people of Israel. It was difficult for them to adopt because they were used to slavery. And even though they said, Lord, we will do everything that you tell us to do, eh, not really. The people of Israel expected a change in the culture after a while because they were waiting for Mashiach, Messiah, to come. And when Messiah would come, things would change. And they were right, but the change they were expecting was different. Jeremiah 31, 32 says, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. It's a declaration of Adonai. I'll put my Torah within them. Yes, I'll write it on their heart, and it will be their God. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Now, the difference is that God put his word on our heart. And I'm sure God's word was on Moses' heart, but you know, the rest of the people, they just sort of followed based on what Moses said or, or other great leaders as, as times grew. But we don't really get a sense of the, the population really coming into a place with the Lord and sensing his presence and hearing his word. But now in Jeremiah, God's promising a time where his people are going to hear him. Each one will be that high priest. Each one will be the person who he's speaking to. And that's the time I believe we're in now. Writing the Torah on people's hearts changed the culture. It, it, so approximately 1,500 years after Moses, Yeshua starts to change the culture of Israel. And Yeshua was calling not just for obedience, but he was calling for transformation of our mind, transformation of our heart, transformation of every part of our being. And everything we do has to come from our heart. It, it, I, I almost sense that God is not saying, well, I won't accept it, but there, I'm sure there's a difference between people who do things by rote and people who do things by heart, by their heart. And so God wants us to do it by our heart. And we see in 1 Samuel 16:7, one of the really, there are not that many places in the Hebrew Scriptures where it talks about this concept. But David, when, when 
when God was speaking concerning David, he said man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. And I really believe that is a concept that is all throughout Scripture. We, re, we need to recognize it. So here we go. That We're with the time of Yeshua. And I believe Yeshua was quite clear how we were to build a tabernacle for him. Because we are the place where the Holy Spirit resides. And so it's important to understand that we need to make a tabernacle for God in our lives. Our, our behavior, everything we do should be to have God close to us. Every time we sin, we're pushing God away. Whether we know it or not. And actually, God doesn't move. We move. But, so in, as Yeshua is talking to the people, the Judean leaders, in John 2, 18-20, he says something that's really confusing to them. He says, what sign do you show us? Uh, well, they said, what sign do you show us since you're doing these things? And Yeshua says, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Well, they had no clue what that meant. And to truth be told, the disciples didn't really understand either. We do find clarification for that in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Don't you know that you are God's temple and that the Ruach Elohim, the, the Spirit of God, dwells among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. So this is an, a crazy amount of responsibility for you and me. I mean, think about this. God could have done it any way he wanted, but he chose us to be holy in front of the world. I mean, that's crazy. He chose us to be an example. He chose us to be used for him. And he uses us without the fact that he forces us to do anything. We have to get it in the spirit and in his word as to what he wants. But just like the tabernacle in Exodus 25 that says that God's specifications are exacting, precise, it's the same way for our tabernacle, our, our temple. It's very exacting. And a lot of people don't want to hear it, even who are believers. So we look at a basic concept of what God wants. It's one of, I mean, how many, 
How many things do we read in the New Covenant where God says, do this, God, do this, do this, do this? Okay, so we're going to use, because of Exodus 25.1, where it talks about giving, let's continue that theme. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing with be given un, into your lap. For whatever measure you measure out will be measured back to you. Yeshua says to give. And I believe this is one of the, the foundations of having a temple prepared for God. So I'd like to look at six things that we are to give. Time, finances, talents. You've heard it. I'm sure many people have spoken on it. And for me, I see this as the outer court. <laughs> I see this as things that are, yeah, if you want to get to the inner court, you, you need to do these things. But they are only a part of what you are to give. You're to give of your time. You're to give of your finances. You're to give of your talents. The things you, that you're burdened to do or the things God's gifted you to do. But four, five, and six, so to speak, are the things that bring us into the Holy of Holies. That sets up our body, our temple uh, to be ready for God to reside in and it is difficult because of the culture uh, that we're living in and it's our thinking and our thinking is bombarded by other kinds of thinking other than biblical thinking our words are bombarded we hear Words we shouldn't have to hear. Thoughts we shouldn't have to hear. And our actions and our reactions are, are this is what gets our temple ready for, for God to reside through his spirit. And I'm going to say something, and, and I guess it's controversial, um, but I believe that part of the closeness or the presence that we feel God in our midst is based on our ability to sin less as opposed to being sinless. Sinless, good luck. It ain't happening unfortunately. I'd love to be sinless, but it's not happening. But I'd like to sin less, and I believe that is somewhat in my control. And my, my heart wants to please God 24-7. And if we're going to please God 24-7, we have to follow His specifications. And His specifications I believe to get into that place where we need to get have to do with our thinking, our words, and our actions. Right. 
we need the power of God's Spirit to change our culture from the culture that we've grown up in to God's culture. I always, whenever I say this, I think of my situation when I was a child. And my parents were great parents, I will say, especially considering that they were not believers. And they were, they were just wonderful. However, there were times where they got angry. And when they got angry, it was awful. It was awful. And as a young kid, I said, I'm never going to do this. Never. But I grew up in that culture. And so what did I do? Exactly that. And it wasn't until I got God to change my culture or that God and I together helped to change my culture that I could overcome the very things that, that seemed normal to everybody else, but were not what God wanted. So, in order to have this personal relationship with God, when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit as an example, does anybody know what the last one is? Self-control. You know, it makes me think of that song. What is it? What? No, self-control. Self-control is just controlling yourself. At any rate, you have to get the fruits. Of the, what was that called? Um, music machine. Get it for your kids. Music. It's only 35 years old, but it's still good. It's still good. The songs cute and and they go over the fruits of the spirit and and uh, they're free on YouTube because it's 35 years ago when it yeah so uh, yeah go go for it but um, really this is what God is asking for us we have the ability through the power of God's spirit to give God a place of of dwelling within us and I really want to think of this idea of tabernacling and dwelling because when, when the Israelites had this, this beautiful tabernacle and, and they could not get into the Holy of Holies, God has given us the opportunity to go into the Holy of Holies. And we need to take that opportunity. God wants to reside in us so that we are no longer from the culture we grew up in. We are now in the culture of God. And in the culture of God, we can build a temple for ourselves, and the good news about building a temple for ourselves is we are also encouraging others to build a temple for themselves, and together we have a temple that blesses God. And so that is the body of believers when it's working well. And we need to restore that, Re restore it in our congregation, restore it in our city, in our state, in our country. We don't want to be like the Pharisees.
The Pharisees knew about God. They knew all the things. They knew exactly how to do everything right. But it wasn't in their heart. And so Yeshua constantly spoke to them about understanding the, that the bar has been lifted. It's no longer just being obedient. But it's, it's building something that is dramatically different in the sense that our hearts are, are, are required to be transformed. And we cannot be, we cannot lack humility and block the work of God in our heart. I believe that humility opens up our heart to what God wants to do. And, and pride and all the things that go against humility close our heart from God really touching us and transforming us. In short, we've got to give of ourselves so that we can apply God's words. And so we are providing, we're not providing a counterfeit. I don't want my life to be a counterfeit. I don't want to be seen as a hypocrite. I want to be seen as somebody who walks the talk. And more than I care about the people who see me and feel that way, I care about what God thinks. You know, when we talk about the fear of God, this is when the fear of God comes in. This is when the awesomeness of God comes in. It, you know, if God were sitting with us for a week, how would our behavior change? Talk about the presence of God being with us. That would be an incredible thing, except that all of a sudden we'd have to watch how we speak. You know, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be able to talk to other people about other people. <laughs> you know, we, we would be aware that this is not kosher for Yeshua. And so we will be, rather than being chastised, we will beat this before it starts by just really having the self-control to control ourselves. But the unawareness of God being with us 24-7 allows us to be loose. And so we just do our own thing. Let's understand that if we're preparing a place, it means that we're giving so that the person who we say we love feels our love. And giving so that the person we talk with hears our love. And giving so that we are self-controlled, so that our actions and our speech are encouraging to people, lifting them up, bringing them to a better place. When they are with us, they sense the power of God's Spirit of encouragement. God has given us so much we don't deserve. We know that. 
We know that we're not deserving of all the things God has given us. But I want to close with three scriptures. Ephesians 2, 20-22. You have been built on the foundation made up of the emissaries and prophets with Messiah Yeshua himself being the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple for the Lord. In him, you are also being built together in God's dwelling place in the Ruach, in the Spirit. So we're seeing here that, that our, our, everything we do either not only takes away from God residing with us, but also can take away or bring God into the sanctuary, into the body of believers. Because we are fitted together, and if there is something wrong with our peace, then we're not fitted together. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Messiah Yeshua. God is believing that his word impacts us so strongly that we are saying to him on a daily basis, transform me, Lord. Let me, you know, we, how often have we sung the song about the potter and the clay? We need to be the clay so that God will be our potter. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Loved ones, I urge you as strangers and sojourners to keep away from the fleshly cravings that war against the soul. I mean, that's just something to, to meditate on. <laughs> you know, keep away from the fleshly cravings cravings that reminds me actually of a book who knows what book it is when the character is one of the bad characters is called craving or crave craven no nobody um what's it called um something on high places uh, Heinz Feet on High Places. Yeah, read that book if you haven't read it and get the kids' volume for your kids. It's amazing. It's amazing. Anyway, but you know, you see a word and you're immediately drawn to something else that's been in your memory in the past. And all of these things are, are knit together so that we can be who God wants us to be. So it says, keep away from the 
fleshly cravings that war. Because those fleshly cravings, they actually war against your soul. Keep your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Now, I don't believe here that this is referring to people who are not Jewish. It's referring to those people who don't know the Lord. This is the, the Gentile meaning the nations, meaning the people who are, they just don't know the Lord. So it says, keep your conduct honorable among those people, the people who don't know the Lord. Then while they speak against you as evildoers, wow, God is really writing modern stuff. I mean, if you've read the papers, there is an assault on believers. There's an assault by the government. There's an assault by the intellectuals. There's an assault against us. So then while they speak against you as evildoers, they may from noticing your good deeds, glorify God in the day of visitation. And I really pray that they will glorify God before then. And that's why we pray for the various groups in our country, because we need to see their hearts changed and transformed. They, they need to know God. And, and we are the ones who have been assigned, whether through word or just to model behavior, that people are going to say, I want what you have. When people say to you, I want what you have, that's a good understanding for you that God is residing in your temple. If you have never heard that before, maybe consider what part you haven't done in order to have people say that about you or to see that in you. I know it's hard to think about that, but, but we're all on a journey. None of us are there yet. So we all have things to work on. So num we shouldn't feel guilty for our sins. We should feel motivated to make a, a dwelling place for God, a tabernacle for God. That's the best we can do, and God will take care of the rest, as he always does because he's merciful. But he has to see that our hearts are in the right place and that this is our desire. Our desire is to have a dwelling place for God within us. Father, I pray in the name of Yeshua that we would have that dwelling place for you, Lord. I pray in the name of Yeshua that you would move upon us so that we would hunger and thirst for you, which is your holiness, your righteousness, your love, your compassion, your mercy, your joy, your peace. 
All of these things, Lord, we want to receive as we give on a daily basis. We give not only of our time and talents, but we give of ourself. We give emotionally to people. Whether they deserve it or not, we give because you gave to us and we know we didn't deserve it. So, Father, we are seeking to be more like you every day. We're seeking, Father, to have our tabernacle done precisely from your word. That the words in, your, in, your, in, in the Bible, your words, would hit our hearts so that we would be aware and do things precisely the way you want them done. So we truly can be an example of one who believes. Father, I pray for this in the name of Yeshua. And Lord, if there's anybody who's never received Yeshua as their Messiah, I would ask you to pray with me right now. Lord, I don't deserve it, but your scripture says that if I receive you into my heart, you will pronounce me not guilty of my sins. So I'm sorry for my sins. I receive you into my heart. I dedicate my life to you. Father, I pray that if there's anybody who said that today, here or on Facebook, that they would contact us. I pray that we are ready now, this day, this week, to make a place for you to reside in. And that there would be, this would be an incredible week that you would receive great glory and that you would smile on our efforts because we truly love you. I pray this in the name of Yeshua.